Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Anzuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. This is Iggy Sports Talk. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in to another episode of Iggy Sports Talk and listening to episode 35. Today, I have two very special guests on the show. We got Jonathan and Sam. They are both from Backseat Banter. So how's it going, guys? It's going great. Uh, can't complain. We got that warm Florida weather. Uh, can't, can't fathom how it is in Boston area. So uh, jealous a little bit of the cold, but nice and warm. Can't complain. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here, man. <laughs> yeah, Sam and uh, Sam, and Jonathan, and I were uh, talking about how I'm I'm from the New England area and they're from Florida, and we actually just had a blizzard. And I, I was telling them how how jealous I was to not be in the 80 degree or 70 degree hot sunny weather, and how uh, and how I got snow <laughs> on the ground is 30 degrees here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be in the mid-50s tomorrow, though, so that's about as cold as it's ever going to get down here. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it, it's, it was a pretty uh, exciting week, obviously, in week 14 of the NFL. There was a lot of, a lot of surprising games, a lot of interesting games, and uh, I want to first start off with, with the Steelers and Bills game, mainly because I know, Jonathan, you're, you're a big Steelers fan, so I, I, I got to ask, like, what yep. has happened to the Steelers in the last two games? Well, let me tell you, it's not only the last two games. For the for the last around five games uh, or so, I mean, I watch every Steelers game, but they have really, really not looked uh, as sharp as they did at the beginning of the season, and here's why. At the beginning, they were focused on protecting Ben Roethlisberger to see if his elbow is all good, and they that really opened up the run because the offensive line was really focused on protecting the QB and focused on the line. Now that they know his uh, elbow is 100% and he's throwing the ball really well, they're not giving him the protection that we saw at the early weeks of the season. So when they are, when teams are blitzing them, we do see Ben taking some hits now, which is not a good sign for Steelers fans. We also just got James Conner back from injury. I know uh, without him, the team is kind of stagnant on on offense because they can only rely on how far or how much Ben Roethlisberger can throw the ball to win the game because they, mm-hmm. they haven't been running successfully. And going against the Bills, which is one of the best defenses in the NFL, really kind of gave them a, a wake-up call. Like, you're not just going to breeze by and win 11 straight games or however many games there are left in the right. season you're going to go through these competitive teams now and you have to be prepared to do it. And now we, we see James Conner back in the lineup healthy. We're getting some offensive linemen back as well. So hopefully the Steelers can get their groove back. Yeah, well, on our show, Jonathan and I got into kind of a heated exchange when I said the Steelers are my pretenders uh, in that division. But Jonathan got a little upset because that's his hometown team, so he's got to ride with them. Um, but this game, I was rooting for the Steelers because as a Dolphins fan, I was really hoping the Bills would go down, and they did not mm-hmm. go down. Um, but I want to give the Steelers at least a little bit of an excuse that defense is just being purged by injuries. We saw early in the season, I think week two, like 30 players went down <laughs> throughout all of week two, um, star players uh, across every team. And now it seems like the injury bug is starting to catch up with the Steelers. And that's making it really hard for them because they, their pride and joy was that defense. That defense was the number one in the NFL for what, 10 straight weeks or something like that. Yep. Um, only in very recent times, it started to, lose that steam and it's the worst time to do it because now they're really it seems like they're fighting for their spot again um they're not going to be the number one seed probably um and they're going to have to play that extra game so that that extra bye week really could be helpful for a team that's suffering from injuries so now they gotta like win out and hope the the chiefs lose somewhere along the line right i, I mean you brought up that defense I, I mean it's not even really like they were locked down you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not even really like mm-hmm. you you saw you saw them make tons of mistakes. I mean, when you look at like the stat line for Josh Allen, he was twenty four for forty three, two touchdowns and an interception. And so you know they, they had they had some 
pretty good plays. They had some obviously some plays where they uh, made Josh Allen have a lot of pressure. He, he had a lot of incompletions, which he's actually done a pretty good job of minimizing those a lot throughout this past season. But I, I was just mainly surprised, kind of like something that you brought, brought up, Jonathan, was was how much the rushing game really lacked. I, I mean, I looked at the stat line for the Steelers, and between James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell Jr., 17 carries and only 47 yards for all of them in total. I, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, they're averaging less than 20 yards, I'm pretty sure, in the past four games or whatever. Uh, they're relying on Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Juju had, like, what, seven catches for 27 yards this game or the game prior. That's, I mean, what are you doing? Just dumping off the ball uh, because you can't run the ball. So that's that's your run game. That's your short game. It's just those little slant bubble screens or whatever. It's not going to win you games. They need to establish that run game and rely heavily on the run and the defense. And then Ben Roethlisberger's arm just is that extra little cherry on top of a, a championship contender. And they have strayed away from that. There's also been some questionable uh, play calling um, moments in games where we're like, okay, what is Mike Tomlin doing? But I have all the faith in, in Tomlin to really rally this team around. Uh, but I am not happy with how they have been playing in recent times. It's kind of hard to watch. I kind of tuned out uh, the fourth <laughs> quarter, really, once they, they threw that deep bomb and there was like a PI on the two-yard line. I was like, all right, this game's over. I'm going to my room. <laughs> it was like it was like a one-possession game, and they just gave it away. So mm-hmm. uh, we need to play better on all sides of the field. Well, I think the problem with the Steelers – outside of the injuries because well that's an excuse but you got to play with what you have right is all season they've been playing down to their competition they were playing against some weaker teams and this is what i brought up when i said they're pretenders they've been playing against some weaker teams and have like barely squeaked out a couple wins where you you look at it on paper and you say no the Steelers should have dominated that game by such a big margin and now that you're facing tough teams i I think the last few games of their schedule, they're not easy ones. They just lost to the Bills. They got the Browns coming up. I think they had the Ravens one more time before it's all no, said. No, no, no. no the they Ravens already played the Ravens twice. Yeah. Okay, so they got a couple of tough games coming up um, before the season wraps up. And now it's not the time to play down to your competition because your competition is hungry. They're the ones fighting for that playoff spot. Obviously, the Bills are trying to hold on to be the top team in the AFC East. I don't think they clinched that yet, but they might as well have because the Dolphins have the toughest schedule in the last few games. Um, the Browns are trying to catch the Steelers, as crazy as that sounds. Same with the Ravens are trying to catch up. So it's not as much of a cakewalk as it seemed when they started 11-0. and Well, they already clinched the playoff mm-hmm. berth, which is the main uh, point to be taken here. Mm-hmm. Now they just have to prepare for that eventual playoff game. Uh, if they do get the bye or not, uh, they might even be facing the Browns or the Ravens in the first round. So it's it's going to be a matchup for sure. Yeah, so they got the uh, – in the next coming weeks, they got the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns. So I, th- I think all those games would be relatively interesting. Obviously, as we can all guess, uh, they're going to beat the Bengals probably uh, this next week. But with the Colts, I mean, they've been playing all right. And as we saw, the Browns have been playing above par throughout this entire season. But mainly in these past two games, they've they've really showed uh, that they're the, the team that we all sort of thought they were, especially last year. But just in terms of, of how, you know, crazy it's been to watch the Steelers sort of dismantle over these past few games sort of just mainly I say that because as you said Jonathan like you, you kind of saw this coming you know five weeks prior but but just from an NFL fan's eyes you know we see the 11 and 0 we hear all, all everybody you know ESPN CBS Sports Fox Sports like all these people really hyping up the Steelers and saying you know is this team like the, the, the next team to beat the Chiefs but we really saw that they weren't really that team when they uh, barely beat the practice squad of the, of the uh, Ravens, but one guy who really hasn't been stepping up and, and is benched for this for this next week um, is Deontay Johnson, and and it's something where these drops have been plaguing the Steelers. And the main thing, other than the drops, <laughs> is that it seems like anytime they get on third down, they just can't convert, and, and they get you know they either get an incomplete pass, they get two yards away, and it's it's just as as an NFL fan, it's been hard to watch. Yeah, so you, you mispronounced his name. I'm sorry, I'm going to correct you. It's Deontay Dropson. Um, so 
<laughs> no, but uh, on, on a more serious note, I, what do you expect when you throw the ball so much? Uh, they're even feeding it to Deontay, like with soft throws, like mm-hmm. short on a slant route, and he can't even catch those. So, yeah, we saw James Washington come in for him and, and take that role as the, the main uh, wide out next to Juju. And, and James Washington did come in and score a nice touchdown too. So it was really cool to see that. But they, they, they're plagued with drops. But it's, it's something you expect when you throw the ball so much. You, you can only rely on your receivers, um, especially Juju has to step up too. I mean, he was in talks about being a top 10 receiver um, last year, a few years ago. Not last year. I mean, the, the Steelers didn't even have a QB last year. Don't even get me started on that. But um, Juju needs to step up, and there definitely needs to be a better run game. The drops are a plague. I mean, you see it with several teams in history. If they suffer from the drop bug or whatever teams like to call it, you don't really find success in those games, and we've seen that. Uh, we narrowly won three games, but these two games that we just lost were – warranted losses we didn't lose them because the other team did something we lost those because we gave up the game i want to say one stat real fast before you go sam uh ben roethlisberger has completed 69 passes over the last two games and his receivers have dropped 15 go for it oof Jeez, I mean, yeah, it's very hard to win games when you're playing like that. and there's not too much left to say it we know james connor was out um he was on the the covid ir list um, for a few games. Happy to see that he's back. Um, not really performing too great in that last game, but he's back. So it's always nice to see him healthy. We knew that he was going to be the one that is the biggest question mark in terms of how he bounces back from COVID. So really happy to see him back on the field looking healthy. Um, but yeah, they, they got to go back to what was successful early on in the season. And obviously their defense, they can't rely on that anymore. So they got to step it up on offense. Um, I don't know what's off with their receivers, not catching footballs. Um, when, uh, early on in the season, I don't think they even had that problem early on in the season. It was a pretty balanced scoring attack, but now they just got to, they got to pick it up in the last three games. I, I think that Colts defense is not going to be easy to score on. So that'll be a big test for them. The Browns are going to keep up with them. They're, they're at least scoring the ball. The Browns defense is shockingly good. I don't think anyone expected it to be that great, but they've been holding their own. I know they, it was just the craziest game. I think of the entire NFL season Browns versus Ravens that we just witnessed, but both teams were looking like they were playing on point. So the Steelers got to get their stuff together. I completely agree with, agree with you. And they need to get their uh, stuff together fast because it's something where when we're getting into these last three weeks and, and when you really just look at the AFC in general, I, I mean, you brought up Sam that they could potentially, or uh, Jonathan, that they could potentially play the Ravens or the Browns uh, in the first round or, or at some point in the playoffs. And, and so, you know, like I brought up, they played the practice. They barely beat the practice squad of the, of the Ravens and they just lost the bills. So, how are you feeling as a Steelers fan if you're going into a playoff game and they're either playing the Bills or the Ravens? Okay, I'm not too scared if we run into the Ravens because we did beat them two times this year. The first time uh, was decisive. Like, it went down to the last play of the game, really. The Ravens uh, had a shot to the end zone and the Steelers' defense came up clutch and, and deflected the pass. But, um, second game, yeah, you can discount it in a way, but in a sense, RG3 is bootleg Lamar Jackson. We kind of were able to contain that uh, system. So they got two similar QBs to play, and, and it's a plug-and-play kind of thing. The system doesn't really change. So we we really had the number on that system. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, I'm scared of this team. And you, you said it um, earlier that they could potentially be the, the team to beat the, the favorites in the AFC Chiefs. Uh, so I, I want to dive deep into the Bills standpoint in a second, but I'm really not too scared of, of what lies ahead for the Steelers. I mean, whatever happens, happens. You can't control what you can't control, but there's just some things that need to be taken care of. That run game needs to be situated and it needs to find its home again. And then everything else will just follow suit. Yeah, uh, I can't really 
knock you for saying that. I, I understand the the ra- the rivalry with the Ravens. You're you're gonna say that no matter wh- what the odds look like. <laughs> but um, the Bills they're looking good, and I want to dive into that. Um, they're in the same division as my Dolphins, and they're looking scary. I think even what like six seven weeks ago we were saying that Josh Allen could be a dark horse MVP kind of guy, and he's lived up to that praise that we gave him. Um, he's proven it big in big time games. So they're 10 and three right now. That's not too far behind, um, the Steelers or the chiefs. It just one or two games separates them from those guys. So I don't think we expected the bills to be this good, but they've been a, a pleasant surprise. Um, Diggs fits in perfectly with that team. He built a rapport with Josh Allen really quickly. That defense is holding their own, not letting anyone get anything easy on them. And Josh Allen really stepped up. He's running the ball really well. That's something we expected. But he's not having his usual problems of overthrowing guys nearly as much this year as, as he has in his first few in the NFL. So that, that that's going to be a tough out. I don't know if I'll call them the favorites. I still think the Chiefs are going to run away with the AFC. But the Bills are definitely going to put up a fight. The Steelers are going to put up a big fight. And some of the other teams may be surprising stories like the Titans were last year. Well, I mean, it's something where, like, as a Patriots fan, I, I sort of saw the Bills sort of being this team at the, at, at the start of this season. I knew that they – I had a good feeling that they were going to be the best team in the AFC East. Just just from how surprising they were last year and how much they improved. Uh, you know, they were 10-6 and six last mm-hmm. year, but they, but they also, like, their offense didn't play up to par as, as really how, how it's really flourishing this past year. I mean, going into this season, when you look at the Bills – they had the top three defense in the NFL last year. And so if they had their offense with how efficient their defense was last year, I mean, we, we would be talking about this team solidifying, solidifyingly going to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But it's, it's something where that defense isn't as good as it was last year due to injuries and due to some mistakes that we've seen in some critical games. But I completely agree with bo- what both of you guys said about Josh Allen. Uh, ever, ever since he got drafted, I've been a huge fan of Josh Allen. Just, just mainly because when I saw one throw that he had in the combine, he threw the ball 80 yards down the field, and and, and it was just it was just effortless. Yep. And, and I watched that, and I was like, if he can do that in the NFL, that's going to be crazy. And what, obviously, once you saw in his rookie year, you know he ran the ball everywhere. He fumbled it whenever he wanted to. He would just make these oblivious sort of turnovers, and we <laughs> even saw that last year as well. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I have really seen Josh Allen doing this year more than any other year. And I think it obviously really helps with his weapons and stuff and Stefan uh, Diggs really helping out as well. But yeah. he's been making very smart decisions. Like there's not a lot of times when you look back at a Josh Allen and Bills game where you're like, wow, he, he, you know, he screwed up the game due to his mistakes. But one thing that like does make me nervous with how good of rapport that he built with Stefan Diggs, kind of like you brought up, Sam, is, you know, when they get into the playoffs and when they start going against, you know, Obviously, they went against the top defense in the Steelers last week. But when they start getting down to these critical games, you're not going to be able to throw it to Stephon Diggs 10 times in a game without, without a team, you know, double teaming or, or making these plays so, that, so then you're not able to get to him as much. And that's just the one thing that makes me nervous mm-hmm. with how much they go to him. But, I mean, it's not like they don't have other quality receivers in Cole Beasley and John Brown. Yeah, I was, exactly. about, to, I was about to go into that a little more. I, I – don't remember the exact stats, but I was scrolling through Instagram and it was like Cole, Be- Cole Beasley has more targets than like Julio or something, more catches than other elite receivers. And he's not even somebody that we look at as like an elite receiver. He's a great so- slot receiver. Don't get me wrong. His days in Dallas, he was really good and effective. But Cole Beasley, one of those more underrated guys that help a QB get into the flow because you know he's just going to be there where where you need him to be to get you that first down to to get you that confidence that if you if you miss a few throws you get that easy one to get you back in the groove uh he's really one of those security blanket players what I like to call them John Brown on the other hand is one of my favorite receivers in the NFL and we need to see him doing more of that dance that we saw last year uh, (laughs) after every touchdown he would get where he would cross his arms go up down like crazy but I, I'm really looking at this run game to step up if we're talking about them as true contenders in the AFC. Um, a guy from Florida Atlantic, Devin Singletary, big fan of him. Uh, really look for him and Zach Moss to 
step up and flourish as like a nice duo uh, of running backs in the NFL. Maybe not this season. We're not going to see their their biggest potential to really young guys, but we are going to see them uh, at the highest level of football in the playoffs for sure. Um, so I'm excited to see how those two young guns can fare against one of the the, the AFC has some really elite defenses you have to go through to even get to the Chiefs. So um, it's going to be a ride. Yeah, it's going to be a tough path regardless of how they end up making it there. Um, they got a couple tough games coming up, but I still see the Bills clinching that uh, division title. So they're probably going to be playing um, some variation of, I don't know, maybe the Ravens if they sneak in at the bottom or, or maybe the Colts or something like that. And neither of those teams are going to be an easy walk in the park. They're going to definitely stuff um, the run game, which you're right. That run game has been kind of frustrating. I had Devin Singletary in fantasy, and I don't think I started him past week like four. Um, kind of frustrating to have that happen where, you know, he seems like he was one of those like highly touted players. He seemed like he was ready to take that next step. Maybe it's because they did draft Moss and um, that took away touches and opportunities, but neither of those guys really shined uh, for any consistent stretch in this season. So in the playoffs, that becomes a lot more important to, to slow the game down, to run the ball, get those free yards. And it doesn't look like that's one thing they can do. I think Josh Allen might be their leading rusher. I'm not 100% sure on that stat, but I, I think so from just the eye test. He's their most consistent rusher, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, they, they got to they gotta sort that one thing out. But I, I think they do have a pretty bright future in, in the NFL in general, and they can make a surprising run in this playoffs. They definitely have a very surprising future in the NFL. I, I got to agree with you, Sam. It's, it's something where, like, as a Patriots fan, seeing this Bills team after seeing for 15, 20 years, you, you know, they only made the playoffs one, once or twice. And one of those times was, was with Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor. And so, you know, it, it's really cool to see a team, you know, really flourishing like they are, especially with a young guy like Josh Allen. And the amount of versatility that this kid has. You know, he, he, he most people look at him and say – you know, he's got all the wide receivers that he would he would need. He's got a big arm. He can throw the ball far down the field. But he's – you don't really look at him and think that he's a guy that can scramble like some guys we see in Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. Obviously, he's not as quick or fast as they are. But, I mean, he's really able to, you know, make things happen with his legs. And I honestly think that that could be a huge factor going into the playoffs. Yeah, it's because he's big enough to take a hit. That's what it is. Unlike Murray and Watson, who they're so quick, but they they like to slide. They try to get away from contact. Allen can take a hit. That's the difference. I have a question um, because I'm I'm not really too sure about this either. Um, We're talking about Josh Allen at the beginning of the season being one of those dark horse MVP guys, but I haven't really seen a true front runner emerge. Is it impossible for him to win it this year? Not impossible. The only thing it's is, is that it, it's it's going to be interesting how they how they you know because obviously they always usually assess an MVP by his, how how he played how he uh, you know helped his team win and really really what he did obviously throughout the season and is unequivocally the best most valuable player in the NFL but it's it's something where I think a lot of people could look you know very easily at Patrick Mahomes with how dominant the Chiefs have been. Mm-hmm. My my guy is Aaron Rodgers. I'm 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 going to debate Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP in until the rest of the season because I mean what weapons does he have uh, other than DeAndre uh, or Devontae Adams? I mean I get it. Devontae oh, Adams is mm-hmm. is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for for the singular reason uh, like other than all, all the talent that he has but it's because he's the only receiver that Rodgers can actually rely on. I mean, he's got Lazard, you know, he's he's got a yeah. he's got like uh Valdez skin. I mean, Aaron Jones single-handedly won them a couple of games. Yeah, I agree. Yard. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like Aaron Rodgers as a pick there, but some more fun picks maybe even than that is we can look at the two uh, running backs, uh, either Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry, uh, as finally having some, a non-quarterback win for the first time, I think, since Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, 
So that that would be kind of special. Uh, Derrick Henry seems like the entire offense for that Titan. Sometimes AJ AJ Brown pops off. Sometimes Corey Davis pops off. But it, it really is the Derrick Henry is a consistent guy that that keeps that that team together. Otherwise, they would not be. I think anywhere close to the playoff conversation. And then Dalvin Cook, if some by some miracle they make um, the playoffs and finally like you know separate themselves from the rest of their division i think dalvin cook is single-handedly carried that team on his back i know jefferson emerged thielen's been pretty good all year but again same argument as for henry he, he's really the guy that keeps that team glued together so obviously it's probably going to go to a quarterback it, it's always it always goes to a quarterback but i i, I want to give the running backs a shout because they're really keeping those teams afloat and competitive in, in their respective divisions I gotta agree with you, one hundred percent. I mean, Dalvin Cook's been been unreal. Uh, like you said, he he's single handedly won a lot of the games for the Vikings. Um, even even though Kirk Cousins has kind of picked it up over these last few games, I mean, I I always just see like on red zone, you you, you just see a little snippet of him running like a sixty yard, fifty yard touchdown, like every <laughs> almost every single game. But I mean, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry just just showed once again. Why he his why he's one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant, running back in the NFL, and why he's, in my opinion, the only other than Dalvin Cook or, or Alvin Kamara, um, or you could also say Christian McCaffrey, who who should be paid as much as he is paid. Because I mean, one person that frustrates me more than anything, why he got fifteen million dollars a year, is Ezekiel Elliott. Because what has he done this year? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't blame it too much. On Zeke, uh, he was playing really well for the few games that he he did have Dak Prescott. Uh, when they did lose their QB, that team just didn't know what to do. Uh, if I'm being quite honest, they were the worst defense in the NFL. That offensive line isn't as elite as we remember Dallas having uh, their elite offensive line. So Zeke can't really eat eat if you know what I'm talking about. But um, it's it's not his fault necessarily. I'm, I'm looking more at that offensive line and that defense. Uh, the team falls behind, so he doesn't really fit into the game script. So he, he does deserve that money when that team can keep up with, with other teams. But without Dak Prescott, they're a joke, if I'm being honest. So I, I, I understand the really offensive line Zeke's argument. Fault. I, I understand it. But, like, when you're getting paid $15 million and you fumble it as many times as he has, especially <laughs> when you do it two or three times in a game. And, and the only reason I'm, I'm giving Ezekiel Elliott so much crap is, is only because of the price tag. And when you look at his stats over these last two seasons, I don't know the exact numbers, unfortunately, but he, his, his, his um, rushing yards per game on average uh, has decreased ever, ever since he started in the league. I, the stat that I saw a few days ago was in 2019 he had 80 he had 80 point something, and this season he has he has 68. So obviously, like without the quarterback and the offensive line, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big issue. But those fumbles, obviously, it's an issue for running backs. But 15 million dollars, give me a break. So, so I got a question then. Um, do you think that either Cook or Henry would do better in that situation this year than Zeke was able to do? Yeah. That's that's real, and I don't have a good answer for that. So it really is just up to opinion at this point. I it's 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 just the, it's just mainly the fumbles that frustrate me. I, I mean, it, he he did it mm-hmm. massively in critical in critical situations, and he, and he did it multiple times in one game. And they, they they were just they were just awful fumbles. And then and then it's just it's just when you usually see the Cowboys on you know the two or three yard line, <laughs> Zeke is never usually the one that. <laughs> run just bulldozes it in and you're paying him 15 million dollars he's, he's probably the highest paid person on your offense and he's doing the least amount that that's just what frustrates me if i was a cowboys fan i'd be inflamed well i i wouldn't get too too frustrated you're gonna see zeke step up next year for sure uh, they're going to spend the money that they have on upgrading that offensive line again to protect Dak Prescott, to protect Ezekiel Elliott. They're two most important assets on that offense. Uh, look for Amari Cooper also next year to step it up big time because this Dallas team is not what we have seen in the past few years. This is a completely different team. I know they have uh, a different head coach now that Jason Garrett's coaching the Giants down there. 
Uh, but this this Dallas team, don't get too overly critical on it because they are a different team than we are expected to uh, see from Dallas. We'll see in 2021 if, if, the, if the paychecks actually pay off. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I, just I don't for know how much money. Will or not, but he has a talent. He has a talent for sure. It's just, how, at what point do you stop giving him excuses? This year, fine, right? This year, the, the whole season just kind of collapsed as soon as Dak Prescott went down. But if next year he doesn't pick it up, then uh, 100% agree. It, it gets to that point where, yeah, that's a horrible contract. I mean, it, it's, it's also because, it's also too, I, I mean, it's not like they had to sign him. Like, it's not like they had to sign that contract with him mm-hmm. right then and there. You know, they could have waited until the end of the season and, and see, mm-hmm. seen what could have happened. Obviously, I get it. They could have lost him to free agency and, and he could have gotten a better contract somewhere else. But if, you know, if you waited to see what happened throughout this season, he wouldn't be making more than $10 million, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we see it with, with a lot of running backs in the NFL that they're kind of really interchangeable. You see a lot of young guys come out of college who are elite. I mean, Kareem Hunt, his first year uh, in Kansas City, dominated the the NFL opening week one against your Patriots. He he made them look silly, which was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, Running backs come easy, you know, and uh, Sony Michelle for the Patriots was a good one, but they get injured sometimes and it stunts their growth and they have – only a certain window to be great for a team. And when you pay a guy who already had that window, it's a little, it's very risky, not a little risky because running backs do fall off with age other than Mm. obviously Adrian Peterson. He's still consistently playing in the NFL, not what he used to be, but some of these guys last. A lot of these guys have four or five really good years and then kind of forgotten. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to agree. I think the biggest thing um, for you as a Steelers fan is when Le'Veon Bell sat out and then James Conner just emerged as a, a top running back option for, for any kind of team, um, that, that really just went to show where, yeah, running backs are special. And we talked about uh, Cook and we talked about Henry and even Kamara to an extent. You're right. He is worth that money. But when, for example, McCaffrey went down and then Mike Davis just filled in perfectly and he did just about as good of a job as anyone could do. Obviously, McCaffrey would have taken them just a little bit higher but running backs have really become interchangeable just because of how talented the entire player pool really is 100 i i gotta completely agree with both of you guys uh the, the running back position is, is definitely very interesting one one to look at especially just seeing how like you brought up like how, how you know guys can interchange very easily and, and it's something where it's funny that you brought up a guy like Le'Veon bell because i when when's the last time we've heard his name other than when he signed with the uh you know defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and i i, I haven't heard him in a game i i barely, I barely seen him really do anything in a chiefs game because it's interesting cuz when they signed him I, I was at least this is how i was it seemed like this is how twitter was and the whole nfl world was was holy crap i mean mm-hmm. this Us team is going to be a dynasty <laughs> you know you know they 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 are 100% going to win the Super Bowl. And, like, what has happened to Le'Veon Bell? They were they were comparing it to, like, uh, if you're comparing it to Marvel, you know, Thanos getting the last Infinity Stone um, <laughs> and getting ready to snap away the, the rest of the, the league. But uh, it was just the cherry on top, and it didn't really pan out how we thought it would. Um, even in the Jets, Le'Veon Bell didn't really have a great career there. Um, he he lost his touch the second he went for the bag instead of playing for the ball. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he just wanted to get out of the Jets. I think that that's all it was there. Um, he had a very ugly split with Pittsburgh, and I think that kind of stunted the rest of his career. He bet on himself, and the bet did not pay off um, too too great because if he didn't pull that stunt, he probably would still be uh, maybe a top five running back in the league to, to this day. Um, he, he wouldn't have lost that year. That year really messed him up. He 
was never really the same since. So uh, he bet on himself. The gamble didn't pay off. I guess that's that's as much as you can say about that. I agree with that. And it's, it's interesting to see, you know, running some running backs like – you know they they do they do these uh, holdouts. We even saw Dalvin Dalvin Cook. He 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 you know brought it up um, at the at the start of the season. But we even saw uh, you know Melvin Gordon do it with the Chargers last year. And you know he he was looking for ten million dollars, and he only got eight from the Broncos. And so it's really interesting, obviously, to see how how you know now now we're also seeing it a lot more uh, with with wide receivers too. That you know now that these players. Are noticing that that they're really helping out these quarterbacks and that the quarterbacks are making forty million dollars. They're like, "Where's my money?" Yeah, well, nine times out of ten, the holdouts end up hurting the player. Like like you said with Melvin Gordon, for example, he didn't play all season. Austin Eckler emerged, like I said, like the same as the James Conner situation, just as just as good, if not better, than the guy that he was a backup to. So it really. I don't think it's the smartest idea anymore for players to do that holdout because, again, nine times out of ten, their backup just plays better than they ever did. Yep. I agree. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to go to the, the next topic of, of talking about essentially how incredible the Bears played last week. I mean, <laughs> against the Texans, I understand it's the Texans, it's the Texans, but Mitchell Trubisky in the first half – was 18 for 21, 178 yards with three touchdowns, finished the game 24 for 33, 267 yards with those three same touchdowns. But after seeing this game, or or even during the game, were you guys as surprised as I was to see how efficient Trubisky was? No, because this is what Mitch Trubisky does, okay? He he has a few terrible games. Then he comes in and does something really flashy. And you said that the his second half stats dropped off a little bit. That's because the game script flipped at halftime. It was just a defensive game and running the game. But uh, this is what Mitch Trubisky does. He literally comes in. He You have to live with the bad games, but he'll give you some really, really good games every now and then. And he'll win you some of those games. Uh, I, I mean, he wasn't such a terrible QB when he first came into the league. He, we only rank on him so much because of how great Deshaun Watson is and how great Patrick Mahomes is. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't give Mitch Trubisky all this hate if he wasn't drafted before those two guys. I mean, yeah, it's, it's understandable that Nick Foles comes in and, and takes over the helm for this team. And it's understandable that they don't really trust Mitch Trubisky, but at the same time, you have Allen Robinson on that team and what other weapons do you have as receivers? Like you, you got to give the man some slack. Uh, he is, he's a good QB. He's, he's not a great QB. He's not a bad QB. He's a, he's a good QB and he'll win you some games. He'll lose you some games, but what else can you expect? He's not Mahomes or Watson, but he's, he's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree that the only reason we give him such a hard time is because how, of how the bears traded up to get him when they could have easily gotten uh, MVP and a super bowl MVP mm-hmm. waiting for them uh, with Patrick Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson, who is still a franchise changing player. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky isn't bad. Again, this is against the Texans who have just been awful this year. That defense can't stop you know, a high school team, it seems like. But um, a funny stat, just comparing them, again, this is cherry-picking, but he had – Mitch Trubisky had a better QB rating than both Mahomes and Watson did on that same day. Again, that's once-in-a-lifetime kind of stat. I don't think it's going to happen uh, much more times uh, than that. But for just one night, Chicago fans seemed content with the pick that they got. Um, but – yeah, again, it's it's a one-game sample size. Mitch Trubisky does this every now and then. He shows like he deserved to be a high draft pick. He's a good quarterback. He obviously is talented, but he's just not nearly consistent enough. It's almost like uh, Jameis Winston where he had the most passing yards, but he also had the most interceptions. Mm-hmm. So it's he has talent. He's good. He's not great. He's very far from great. <laughs> so that's pretty much what they're, they're going to live with unless they decide to gamble and take another quarterback in a draft sometime soon. I mean, remember when the Bears like made the playoffs? Uh, Mr. Trubisky was, was having a Pro Bowl season. 
I, I mean, he he was he was honestly I, I compared him to at least how he was playing the game a lot to Ben Roethlisberger. I, I mean, he he was running out of the pocket a lot. He was he was making plays happen with his legs. He was he was very consistent. And, and obviously, we saw those inaccuracies uh, really really can't, was a huge cancer for him uh, these past few seasons. I just wanted to bring up a few interesting stats because. You know, looking at this next year for the Bears, you, you know, they're obviously going to potentially have a mid to high draft pick, uh, and there's a lot of different options uh, in, in this next draft. But looking at their quarterback situation, Nick Foles, they have him for two more years. Mitchell Trubisky, they can uh, pick up his fifth option or they can just let him walk. And really looking at sort of the comparison between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, I thought this was kind of interesting because Nick Foles has started seven games. Mitchell Trubisky has started six this season. Let's look at the stats. Nick Foles, 65% completion percentage. His touchdown to interception ratio is 10 to 8. Mitchell Trubisky started six games, so obviously it's a difference. It's, it's one game less. 63.8% completion percentage, but his, quarter, or his touchdown interception – Ratio, 13 to 5. Just thought that was pretty interesting. So want to hear your guys' thoughts. If you were the Bears, obviously you have an option to draft somebody in the draft, but what would you do for your quarterback situation given the two guys that you have currently on your roster? If I were the Bears, I would have never benched Mitch Trubisky. Nick Foles is a good backup QB when the QB gets hurt and Nick Foles can come in and take the place until they come back. Nick Foles isn't your starter. Uh, that, that should be clear. He, he won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia because Carson Wentz led that team to a prime playoffs position, and they had a really good defense and offense. Uh, it's, it's not Nick Foles's. I mean, yeah, he's the QB, so people look at him, oh, he's responsible for the Super Bowl and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, that team was primed for a Super Bowl that year. Um, looking at it now, if I'm Chicago, I would have been like, okay, Nick Foles, yeah, we're paying you a lot of money, but that's to sit on the bench just in case just in case Mitch gets hurt. And I would have never pulled the trigger on benching Mitch. Although, yeah, you got to live with the bad games because he's he's not elite. He's not going to tear up the best defenses in the league. He is going to he is going to do some work on the the latter half the, the bottom half of the the league, but you, what do you expect for a guy that's not great? He's not a, a special talent. He's a good QB that can win you the games you're supposed to win. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bears might need to do something unheard of in the NFL. They might need to do the running back committee, but in the quarterback room, and just have like two or three quarterbacks that are all equally decent come in on some kind of rotation and, and just go for it there. Um, I, I'm kind of joking around, but um, – Mitch Trubisky is good. I think they can ride with him, see if anything happens. But I think the benching might have been one of the best things to happen to him. I think it kind of whipped him into shape. It, it scared him straight. Like, okay, now you know you're not going to just uh, dominate and stay in that position, regardless of how you play. Uh, you have a challenger um, backing you up, so you have to be on your A game if you want to uh, stay as the starter and not. Okay you know, sit on the bench for the rest. Hopefully of we do not see the Carson Wentz effect uh, where it really derails the QB and just he can never find his groove again. I, I like how you're saying that it might be great for him. It also might be terrible because he knows that his job isn't safe. He knows that he has mm-hmm. to go out there and, and do the great things that people expect him to do, but aren't really attainable. So it's going to put a lot of pressure, a lot of weight on his shoulders that sometimes is just too much to handle. And we saw that with Carson Wentz in Philly. We saw that you can't really come back and after you lead your team to a prime playoff spot and prime for a Super Bowl run, a backup QB is holding up that MVP trophy that you're supposed to be holding. It's not easy to overcome that. Yes, it's less extreme with Mitch Trubisky. It's less... I don't even know if it's less effective because when you see another guy take your job and you see another guy do what you're supposed to be doing out there, just as good, not as not anything greater than what you're giving to the team. It's kind of like, okay, so what am I here for? Like you guys don't treat me as I belong. Like you drafted me number two and now you're already giving up. It's not a good look on Mitch Trubisky and the the bears just, 
wrote that narrative for him. They didn't really give him that shot to, to just stay in that lineup and perform like he's, he's expected to perform. They, they want him to push his limits, which he, he does. He, he's not a bad QB, as I said several times already. It's just mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope we don't see what happened to Carson Wentz happened to Mitch Trubisky. Well, so I'll, I'll agree with what you say, Jonathan, uh, so, solely based off of, uh, you know, how they went about it in training camp. I think that I think that the benching uh, was sort sort of like I, I agree with what you said, Sam. I think I think it kicked the tires on him. I, th- I think I think it made I think it motivated him and made him realize that his opportunity with the Bears uh, sort of is coming to the end because it it realistically was you, you know you know it was it was week six or something like that when he got benched. But with, I agree with what you said, Jonathan, solely on when they traded him. Because at the at the start of the season, even during during training camp, the the training camp that the NFL players had uh, during throughout the entire off season, you know, we were talking about, and, and most people on ESPN and all these major sports networks were talking about how the Bears' quarterback position was up for committee, and and because they traded for Nick Foles, there was a real good possibility that he could be the starter. And then the only other thing that I look at that could have you know, affected Mitch's me- mental uh, mental state a little bit is is when you really think about the reality of of how long both players are sort of you know contracted to that team. You know, Mitchell Trubisky after this season he knew that there was a really good chance that the Bears weren't going to pick up his option. And if you look at Nick Foles' situation, he's still mo- two more years with the team. And so I, I I think I think it was a good trade honestly for the Bears because. Even if they don't pick up Trubisky's option and they draft a guy, I think Nick Foles is a perfect person to groom a quarterback just with his work ethic, his mindset, you know, his, the experiences that he's gone through. But in all reality, I think that the main people that could be, you know, really hurt from this situation is Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the GM and the head coach for the Bears. Uh, because if, if they aren't able to, really make this team sort of close to a contender or what looks like close to a contender with the amount of money that they have put into this team. I think both of them could be gone by the end of the season. It's kind of a shame too, because there was a point where we were like, Matt Nagy is this defensive genius. He is shaping this Chicago team into a real contender. I know we saw with other great defenses in the NFL that they can really carry you to a good playoff spot and a good chance at getting that run. And that seemed to be what the Bears were with the Khalil Mack effect when they traded for him and and signing him to that extension. I haven't really heard Khalil Mack's name this season. I haven't really heard anything about Chicago, really. And it's it's kind of a shame because Matt Nagy kind of sparked all that. And he he really, for me, was one of my favorites for winning Coach of the Year one of those years. Um, I, I just... Not a fan of how things are shaping down in Chicago. Uh, would have loved to see this core stay together. Obviously, we can't see that in the NFL. Coaches are as expendable um, as running backs, as I'd like to say. <laughs> um, but it's it's just not a good look on the Bears. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough to see a team that, that, was, that had such a high potential, especially on the defensive end, kind of go nowhere. Um, but again, the NFL, it's so rapidly changing and the worst place to be, I think is where the bears are. It's the, that kind of no man's land where you're not good enough to compete for the Super Bowl, You're not bad enough to rebuild. So they, they got to really consider what direction is, is the most likely for them to head in. And I think maybe just gut the roster, send Allen Robinson to a team where he could win a Super Bowl and, or at least help contribute to contending, um, see about who on defense, um, is there in the long-term goal and who on the defense is there, um, then just taking up cap space and maybe, you know, pull a Dolphins and trade the whole roster for a season or two, acquire draft picks and then get better, um, quickly if you could get a good coach uh, on your team to stay, stay with it but that's a very hard thing to do obviously there's a lot of teams that are stuck rebuilding for a decade before anything happens um looking at the browns but hey eventually it worked out the browns are looking scary now and this is with odell sitting on ir 
So there's obviously a lot of options. They could just keep the team together and say next year is our year, maybe try to get someone in free agency or make a big trade in the offseason. But I don't really see it happening. I think their, their window was probably a year or two ago and they didn't hit it. And, um, and now it might be a time to look elsewhere. You brought up Allen Robinson. It's crazy because he, he's honestly, sincerely, just, just from what I've, I've heard, just, just from rumors, he's sincerely thinking about signing an extension with this team. But the, but the real question that, that we're even talking about is who is going to throw him the ball? Could be, that, that, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something where mm-hmm. it's very interesting for the Bears. And, and I think if they are going to go through that rebuild process, they need to get rid, rid of Ryan Pace because he, obvi- he obviously doesn't understand fully the best way to uh, evaluate a quarterback, uh, just just from what what we saw during during that draft, uh, where he felt inclined to draft up for Mr. Trubisky. Not not saying that that fully knocks his evaluation just in in football perspective, but I mean that definitely hurt his reputation uh, for the rest of his career, in my opinion. But I, I wanted to I want to go on to, to yeah. the topic with with what you were talking about with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts came out and really surprised the entire NFL. What was your guys' reaction from that Saints and Eagles game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you go check out our Instagram, uh, at backseat.banter, uh, I put up a, a funny little post of Allen Iverson with Jalen Hurst's uh, face cropped onto him, uh, stepping over Ty Lou, and it's the Saints logo. Um, I, I truly think that he is the, the guy for them moving forward, the quote-unquote answer if we're comparing it to basketball um I love Jalen Hurts man I I I was a little confused how he he slipped so far in the draft Uh, a lot of teams had the opportunity to draft him a lot of teams could have gotten a nice backup QB really for a year or two I I mean my my Steelers I was a little upset if I'm being quite honest when we chose Playpool over Jalen Hurts because I feel like Ben Roethlisberger's time is is up a little bit here but going back to looking at Jalen Hurts as being the guy in Philly he really really can run I mean he was getting those big holes and running through those seams and and looking like one of those true young QBs that we know can win the games with their legs and he was making good throws too he had some really accurate passes that really caught me uh, by surprise. I was, it was nice to see Alshon Jeffrey also involved in the game as well. Um, big Alshon fan, but I, I don't know what to think about this anymore because as I said earlier, I'm upset with how this was handled. I'm upset with what, how much they belittled in a sense, Carson Wentz. And they didn't make him seem as this guy who had an MVP caliber season. No, they, mm-hmm. they're just, brushing him off as some other QB. And that's not fair to me. Um, I'm sure it's devastating for him, uh, knowing that they just gave up on him that easily when he put his heart and soul into that city, into that franchise, into helping them win a Super Bowl. And they're not repaying him in the slightest by doing this. It's a terrible look on Philly, really. Um, And on on Carson Wentz. And And not taking anything away from Hurts because he is great. But why draft Hurts? Why draft him when the team needs receivers? It, it just <laughs> isn't that. I mean, Hill, who though? did they have active last year? Isn't he the next Taysom Hill? Right? <laughs> isn't, isn't that how it was supposed yeah. to be? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, okay. So they might have been going with the Packers strategy, which is draft a guy as his replacement, and hopefully get Carson Wentz fired up because that, that's what ended up happening in Green Bay. They got Jordan Love, who has not seen the floor, and Aaron Rodgers putting up an MVP type season. So maybe that was the plan. But uh, on the other side, it really is a case of it's just business. Um, they saw that Carson Wentz wasn't enough. I, I liked Carson Wentz. I thought Carson Wentz was a really great player, um, especially in their, their Super Bowl season. Obviously, he wasn't able to uh, be there uh, for that big game because of injury, but uh, he led them all the way there. They would not be in that position if he wasn't their quarterback all season. 
So I really like Carson Wentz, but this might just come down to it's just business. And um, Jalen Hurts seems like he has the more potential. It seems like he's a guy that can take them further um, than Carson Wentz can at this moment. They're really locked into a big contract with Wentz. It's going to be really hard to move him. But I agree. Um, it, we'll see what ends up happening there. They might be in that no man's land, like I was talking about with the Bears for a little while. It's going to be hard to improve a roster with all that money tied up with Wentz. But at, at this point, from what you've we've seen from Hertz for the past two games, it, it's also not a smart idea to just forget about that and, and stick with your guns just because you overpaid for someone that probably is not worth the money. I completely agree. I, I I just think it's very interesting to see the lead up to the game. And I, and I understand the lead up to the game because, you know, you're having a guy having his first official start against one of the best defenses in the NFL, but that's how it was painted. And there was really not a lot of people who really gave Hurts the benefit of the doubt. Oh, you know, maybe he might run all over the Saints. Oh, maybe he might impress us. And when he did, nobody could believe it. And I thought it was very cool to see a guy like Jalen Hurts who really had some tough times, obviously, during college. We saw, you know, Tua Tua got started over him. He had to go to Oklahoma. He had to really build up his stock back up, and he really impressed a lot of people. And also, as well, he had the Lamar Jackson treatment where they were calling for him to be a running back, to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Nope. As we're seeing, he's a quality quarterback, and he could be the future quarterback in Philadelphia. And it's crazy to see a guy who, in his first start, was able to amass over 200, almost 300 yards on on, on the running game and also in the passing game. And so really looking forward throughout this next season, if Jalen Hurts plays the way he did, do you unequivocally think that Carson Wentz will not be in Philadelphia in 2021? Yeah, I, th- I think his time in Philly's pretty much already done. Um, I mean, unless uh, we, we don't like to see it, unless there's an injury that makes him come back on the field and he proves himself otherwise, uh, this is be crazy. pretty much this ship, has sh- this ship has sailed. And it's unfortunate, but Carson Wentz is going to be suiting up for another team next year, in my opinion. Um, I'm not looking forward to, to him being another backup bro, I, I know the rumors are out there for the Colts and he's going to back up Philip Rivers until he retires. But I, I'm not a big fan of that. I want to see Carson Wentz starting in the NFL. Um, I just don't know where he goes from here. Yeah, it's definitely a, a tough situation. It's not the best place to be if you are um, in the – Eagles management, but I'm sure all these guys are professionals. They'll figure it out. Sometimes it takes them longer than others. Sometimes they're on the hot seat and someone else is brought in to figure it out if they can't. But again, it it might take them a couple years. Um, Maybe Carson Wentz will come back stronger than ever next season. Maybe some team bites and trades for him in hopes that they're getting MVP level Wentz on their roster. There's so many what ifs. There's so many moving pieces. I'm really curious to see where things go. I think Wentz still has potential to be a difference maker, but I don't know if he has the potential to be at that high level like he was before again. But again, it's just a wait and see kind of deal at this point. So, you, Sam, you brought up something very interesting. Uh, or, John, you brought up something very interesting when you, when you said, you know, Carson Wentz could come in again at the end of this season and surprise all of us. Think about this. Mm-hmm. If somehow, some way, and knock on wood, I don't want this to happen. Jalen Hurts gets injured. Obviously, I don't want that to happen. But Carson Wentz comes back in, and mm-hmm. let's say the Giants lose all the rest of their games. Let's say the Washington football team loses all their games. The Eagles make the playoffs. And somehow, some way, Carson Wentz leads the Eagles, not saying to a Super Bowl, but he leads them deep into the playoffs. Wow. <laughs> what, what, what sort of a flip to, to script sort of situation and, and, and sort of a really interesting situation for a guy who kind of had something similar happen to him with the Nick Foles situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I – I... You never hope somebody gets injured, so I hope that's not the case. But maybe Jalen Hurts has a bad game or two, and Carson Wentz is like, 
okay, give me one more shot. Let me prove to mm-hmm. you that I'm, I'm still the guy before you give up on me. Um, it kind of feels like they already have given up, uh, which is kind of the, the part that I'm a little frustrated about. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really know where else there is to go with, with the Eagles because, I mean, we know this was their first championship in a long time. And they, they're scared that they're going to fall into that hole again of, of not being able to contend. And they, they, they might think that was their one opportunity that they have, and they don't want to do that. And if they don't see Carson Wentz as that guy that can help them contend in the future, then they're going to look elsewhere for options. And this is, this is what I believe uh, the situation to be mm-hmm. currently as it stands. I don't think it's much on Carson Wentz in a, in a sense. It's more of uh, we don't want to experience what we just experienced, and it looks like we're going down the same path with Carson Carson Wentz. So, yeah, I mean the other alternative, like you said, if um, Hertz does start off struggling, for example, in the next game, if he has a rough first half and then they bring Wentz back in and he performs the way we know he's capable of, then that might just get his trade value up and they might hope to keep him there, maybe bring in a receiver or two um, for him. Again, a lot of teams are looking for a quarterback. There's a, a lot worse quarterbacks out there than Carson Wentz that you can gamble on. So uh, again, if he comes in, ups his trade value a little bit, is able to be flipped for a skill guy, then that, that could be mutually beneficial to all parties, but very rarely do do things work out that cleanly. That's the unfortunate side of things. I completely agree. I, I mean, I mean, who knows? He, he could be playing for my Patriots next mm-hmm. season. Who, who, who really knows? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But la- last topic that I wanted to bring up with you guys is, is looking over into week 15. Uh, what games are you really looking at and, and what games are you getting excited about? Well, um, let me pull up the schedule real quick for um, mm-hmm. this next coming week. I'm excited to see um, how the the Browns are going to bounce back from their gut wrenching loss to the Ravens. I know it was it was a close game, whatever. All that is it's nice and dandy, but you you come down to it. You want that win when you're fighting for a playoff spot, and that was probably the game of the year. Um, if not the, the Hail Murray, as it's mm-hmm. being called, when Kyler Murray threw that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm, I'm really looking at how the Browns are going to ba- bounce back against an, not, not a difficult team in the Giants, but mm. they're, they are playing the Giants. And if they get back on track, they will have a 10-win season, which is, um, as we know, decent. You, you're, you're probably going to make the playoffs if you win 10 games. So... If they do win this game and get back on track, it's going to be something special. Uh, there are not many headline games. Uh, Chiefs Saints, obviously, that's game game of the week, no doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. To the the top of the AFC versus the top of the NFC, going to be hopefully one of those classics that we remember. Uh, if you guys remember when the Chiefs and the Rams used to play, uh, it was forty points uh, to forty points, like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, just to touch on Chief Saints, it's kind of sad for me because I'm actually going to be in New Orleans on Sunday, but those tickets are going for Super Bowl prices. The cheapest seats I could find was like $700 each, so I was like, nah, I'm going to skip that one. So uh, kind of bummed out because I was going to be in the area, but I'm not going to be able to catch that one live. Um, maybe talk to a few Saints fans after the game, see see how they're feeling if the team does well, and I'm going to stay as far away as I can if they don't. Um, but other – teams that, to, to look at um my dolphins play your pats um that could be a, a fun game although it's kind of meaningless almost for the pats because they think they are they eliminated or are they, they have basically a six percent chance in the playoffs so jared stidham should be starting the game but jared yeah. is not he's not starting the game mm-hmm. they're keeping cam in they're uh they're doing the whole so you're saying insanity sort chance. of route so you're saying <laughs> they're doing the whole insanity sort of route yeah. trying um, so to do the that same game... thing over and over again expecting different results but it's not work it's not going to work mm-hmm yeah, I mean, it worked the first time they played the Dolphins. Cam Newton did light the Dolphins up a little bit with his legs, uh, but that was before the Dolphins got, um, you know, their their rhythm going. So we'll see what happens there. I just wanted to bring that up because we're, we are fans of those teams. I also like um, Seahawks versus Washington. 
um, because the Seahawks have fallen off a little bit and Washington have been the Titan Slayers pretty much this season, being the first team to get a win against um, the Steelers. They've been overperforming all year long, and we'll see if that can continue against the Seahawks. That that should be a fun matchup. But other than that, it really is kind of um, a week slate of games. It's just a lot of one-sided affairs maybe maybe the eagles game just to see what what direction they go to see which uh if our any of our predictions came true uh regarding that qb situation but not too many great games yeah i was looking at the schedule i'm like this week kind of sucks <laughs> like, like 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 you said like like there's so many mm-hmm. one-sided games like i was trying to think of some games that would be exciting to watch like oh maybe that team could win but it's like no mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of it's kind of like the seahawks and jets game last week where like they scored like thirty points, like but by, by by halftime, and you're like, well, this game's over. But the only the only game that that I'm interested to watch <laughs> is the Vikings and Bears, um, just because both teams are on the cusp of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if either team wins, um, they they really sort of solidify themselves as the last team uh, in the NFC to make the playoffs, um, which would be pretty crazy if if the Bears were able to find a way to make the playoffs. Uh, but but then also the Ravens and the Jaguars. We kind of both know who's going to win that game. But at the same time, if, if the Ravens do win that game, they have the best chance to get, get that playoff last playoff spot in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also look for Colts Steelers, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, a nice defensive heavyweight matchup. Um, whichever team can establish that run game, which both have had flaws with the entire season, uh, is probably going to duke that one out and uh, potentially uh, flip up some AFC seedings. Uh, this week, so stay tuned in the AFC. We're going to get a lot of shifting in the playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a really interesting week, especially since the NFL season is really starting to wind down. Well, Sam and Jonathan, I really appreciate both of you guys coming on. These are both the co-hosts of Backseat Banter. So where can my listeners find you? Uh, well, we're on anywhere you want to listen to uh podcast we're on apple we're on spotify or your preferred streaming service we are on instagram as backseat.banter and twitter at bbpodofficial so make sure to go check us out and stay tuned for notifications for when we drop new content we are trying this new thing out where where we all get our individual kind of shows where we give monologues where we're going to be posting those in the afternoon and then we're going to get our regular routine in the morning so Make sure to stay tuned because we're doing some big things in 2020. Sam? Yeah, uh, you you pretty much hit everything. I think the only one you missed was uh, we're on YouTube. We have our main channel. We also have a gaming channel we're starting up um, because that, that kind of, that's the kind of content that we want to make but doesn't quite fit into what we're doing on our main YouTube channel. So we got two things going there. But, yeah, um, that that's a pretty comprehensive list. I think we're also on Audible. We're on Amazon um, Pods. We're on Google Pods. We're everywhere you want to listen to podcasts. We're on there. Yeah. Also, also make sure to click that subscribe button and leave a good rating on Jake Iggy because this show is really good and I, I tune in quite often. Appreciate it, my man. I appreciate it, boys. Well, yeah, definitely everybody who's listening right now, go over and check these guys out. They definitely got a lot of awesome content that they've already made, but a lot of exciting things like you just brought up coming in 2021. So definitely get ready for that stuff. Well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on and until next time. Yep. For sure. See you later. Happy to be here. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.